Hey y'all, this is Trent Knox with Live from the ATX on the Austin Live and Local podcast. Today is Live from the ATX Season 2, Episode 11. Our guest today is going to be Travis Duncan, um, the candidate for Austin Mayor in November. He's going to be joining us at 4.10-ish, and we're going to be talking about the political atmosphere of Austin, the community, and where Austin is going to be in top cities in the United States in the coming future. We're going to talk about economics. We're going to talk about the education system. We're going to talk about the 
criminal justice system. We're going to talk about our veterans and our law enforcement. We're going to get into public policy. We're going to talk about the increased number of unemployment. We're going to get into foreign relations. And we're going to talk about the workforce. I'm really excited to get this interview started. It's um, It's been in, in the works for quite some time. Hadn't gotten to it yet, but it's right around the way. All right, let me uh, let me give him a call real quick. Oh, wrong number. Eight. All right. I'm gonna give him a minute. Just sending him a message real quick, letting him know that I'm going to give him a call in a minute here. I need to make sure that the music is paused. Come on back up with the volume of the call. And all right, I'm going to give him a call now. Make sure that number is correct. Again. Yep. All right. Make sure that we got. Hello, this is Travis. Hello, Travis. This is Trent Knox with uh, Live from the ATX and Austin Live and Local Podcast. How are you doing today? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, I've been this uh, this interview has been long. Long waiting. I reached out to you about two months ago to get this going, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm super excited to have this conversation and talk about what's uh, what's new for Austin, what's coming up. So maybe can you guys? Uh, sorry, it's Trenton, right? Yeah, Trent. 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 Yeah. Great to meet you. Great to connect. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was just talking with uh, my good friend Brian Kern of the Common Chaos. He said you guys are gonna have a uh, conversation at the end of the month as well. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, that's, that's great. I, I like that you're you're doing a lot for the community uh, here in Austin, and uh, I like that you've actually used social media to really build awareness for uh, public policy in in Austin. Well, it's just the beginning. You know, we're building an app, and you know, public policy should be the people's policy. And what has happened is we've tricked ourselves into this system where 11 people are voting on these decisions for at least city policy, and they have limited bandwidth. And it's not about, you know, criticizing the past or dishonoring or discrediting where our system has led us to, but the conclusions that we've reached now, combined with the technologies that we have, the decentral- decentralized consensus technologies like blockchain, holochain, these can be used to make better decisions as a society with policy because you can have 
100% participation. You know, that's what we mean when we say a radical awakening in mm. civic engagement. Awakening is the key word there. It's a radical awakening. It's like, oh, wow, we actually can decide things. And it's very sophisticated, but very simple at the same time. You know, we, we just voice our truth, and everyone should have the right to live their truth. And how does that work with the, the collective? You know, the, how, does that, how does that cooperate with the whole system functioning? Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more about this app. I mean, that's, that's, that's futuristic, very forward thinking. Uh, how, does, how do we get some of the establishment to, to work towards this as well? Yeah, well, hopefully what we can accomplish with the app is to model what it looks like to start making decisions as a group, as a collective, and what does the hive mind look like? What does it look like when we aggregate uh, our conscious understanding of what people truly want and need? And then we combine that with an analog approach. So uh, analog meaning just like in person, mm -hmm. right? Um, the old school, we need to increase the amount of in-person interaction and at the same time expand ourselves to using an app. And so at least during the, the campaign, you know, because that's where we are right now, um, we just want to get people really excited about this idea of being able to, to, to make decisions to vote on something in city policy every single day. For example, Code Next, you know, we went through this huge debacle trying to pass this Bohemian, you know, ordinance that that you know contains such nuance in it about so many different areas, and the whole thing is an up or down vote. I mean, that's insane. What we need to do is go one by one by one, section by section, and decide as a community. So you know, this little neighborhood can decide if this thing needs to be three inches from that thing. But as a whole, you know, we're we're talking about how are we going to use resources that don't exacerbate our ecological disasters, you know, our woes. <laughs> how, how do we actually, you know, solve the problems of us figuring out a working relationship with the earth without damaging? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something to be considered with um, how Austin is centered itself around tourism and um, huge music festivals like South by and ACL and the the turmoil that comes from those events mm. well you mean in terms of the just the trash yeah <laughs> the and, uh, you know what is that that level of activity you know and it's easy for people participating to, to forget that like you know all of this stuff is going to be left over and frankly it, you know there's trash all over this city there's mm -hmm. plastic in all the creeks and, you know, we're delusional if we think that we're some environmental haven. You know, we are just as, as, as you know, this is a, a worldwide problem. The city's, yes. you know, trash issue. Funny, I'm, I'm sitting in my car right in front of this you know, dumpster, and just the mere presence of these massive containers has given us this, like, <laughs> you know, kind of benign approach to just disposing of things. And, uh, I mean, that's a massive cultural shift. I think just with, you know, without getting digressing too much, because I know you got a lot of questions, um, incentives are stronger than penalties. And with all of this 
transition. We're not against anybody. Mm-hmm. It's a really important point. We are for everybody. Everybody will benefit. Nobody will be harmed because that's the true cooperative essence. Yes. So when we talk about transitioning to ecological sustainability and wisdom, we're not talking about you know excluding people. We're talking about including everybody in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? It, it has some to do with regulation and, and some of the establishment because I was just watching a documentary about waste management. You're talking about that that company um, having because of regulations not being able to build a refine refine refinery. That may not be the correct word, but a refinery in the area of um, in California, and they had to result in building it in Arizona. Uh, some of those regulations are hindering the ability to be a little bit more forward thinking. Well, that's a really interesting point that you bring up. And this is why when you make a law, there's always an unintended consequence. And especially when you make a band-aid law. And this is the Boston problem is that it's, it's a reactionary policymaking. It's not visionary. It's not thinking forward. How is this going to affect the next thousand years? You know, what, is, what are we really doing? And, but also, how is it going to affect people right now? And it's this technological innovation. You know, are, are we perhaps hindering ourselves? A great example is in the field of energy, energy policy. You know, we're, we are told, we are sold this lie that solar panels and wind and lithium ion storage renewable is at its peak. And, and, oh, it's not feasible because you can't store this, you can't do this. That is not even an issue because there are other technologies that are far better. And so when we sign ourselves into a power purchase agreement with a solar farm, what we're doing is we're allowing some private entity to charge us for the sun when we could have used a smarter new quantum technology that, that generates way more energy and it's completely renewable. And yeah, no it requires no action. What's that? I said no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. So it's time to be visionary, not reactionary. You know, let's not let's not think about band aid because, you know, you know, uh, and, and then also everything connected as a whole, you know, to, to kind of like tying up that waste aspect to things is, you know, it's all cyclical. And so it's really important to look at, look at the whole system. And that's really why I'm running for mayor as opposed to, you know, certain seat seven or whatever it is, you know, because it's, it's about how are we shifting our approach, our mindset, um, our attitude toward the, the whole system functioning. What incorrect assumptions have we made over the past decades that have led us to the problems we have today? And how can we be more forward-thinking while including incentives for immediate benefit to drive that, that social change toward a direction that benefits everybody? Right. Yeah, that's a lot to think about. And um, so with all, with all that being said, what does that mean for some of our lower economic households? Well, this is really the core question at hand, is that if you zoom out from Earth and you look down, what you see is a species that is confused. We're running around, we're milling around on this planet, spending all our time and energy being stressed out doing things that we don't want to do to pay to live on this planet. <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's really absurd. And, and what we need to do is think smarter. If this you know, since we are in a entrepreneurial, capital-driven, 
society. And that is, that is the framework we're looking at. And a lot of people say the city of Austin is run like a business, right? And if it's a business, it's in the business of quality of life, right? And so in a business, what you want to do is you want to eliminate cost, you know, minimize cost, eliminate eliminate risk, you know, avoid risk and maximize profit. And profit in this context means quality of life for people, right? And so what we should be seeking to do as the, the, the business of the city is eliminate cost of living, right? Eliminate cost of living, and then you maximize quality of life. Because we've been confused on this planet. Remember, this is the core question, is that we think that you need a scarce uh, currency. Our money is based on scarcity. It's a pyramid system. And then we marry that to access to Earth's resources. So like land and shelter and energy and water and food and all these things. And so we marry that, and those are abundant. There's, there's no shortage of land and resources and food and Earth that we can interact with. And so what we need to do as a society, since we are in a entrepreneurial competitive kind of marketplace thinking look at austin as a big business and this is our business right every citizen of austin there's one thing we all agree on that we want to live in austin right so so let's make that happen in the best way possible let's be amazing you know i mean let's let's really strive and in our business we eliminate cost of living and we eliminate the need for taxation and therefore everybody has time, space, and energy, and focus to do what their purpose is, be an entrepreneur, innovate something, be an artist, be a creator, raise your children, you know, just be a human being. And that's therefore often becomes a place that is the solution capital. So circling back around to your question, what we really need to do is we need to address the root causes of why the poverty even exists. Poverty is a concept that we have accepted. It is a, it is a construct that it was built by the financial establishment to confuse our time and energy and how we use ourselves as human beings on the planet. And so what this is really about is, is building a system where everybody has abundance, right? Everybody is free from the cycle. So, so everybody's an entrepreneur, and, and, and you know everybody can feel wealthy. Everybody can live in a place that is renovated and beautiful. Everybody deserves that, really. And if we if we think in terms of incentivizing volunteering, incentivizing cooperation in a city, in, a, in an area of two million people and growing, it is not going to be hard to find very talented, competent, loving, skillful people who are willing to volunteer a couple hours on the weekend to a community renovation project or an eco-village for the homelessness or a community organic farm of which there will be in every neighborhood that's walking distance from where you live. And in exchange for that, you get the benefit of that, that system and then you get free electricity to your house. And it is not going to be hard to find people who are willing to do this. Let's clean up the park. Let's pick up the trash. Let's let's go door to door and renovate old people's homes who've been there since 1970, and they're they're being taxed out of their house. You know, we we need to, and that's that's why we have to look at the, the whole system because really families on a family level, 
this system alone incentivized volunteering, the community benefits from it in the, on a quantum level. But the impact it has is well worth the investment of deducting the balance on somebody's utility bill for, you know, the, the time period of, you know, whatever the, the agreement is that we decide as a community, whatever the incentive model is, property tax exemption, you know, free electricity, whatever it is, the benefits are worth what the, the, the community benefits from that. So a family that is, that is struggling to pay the bills, families, and this is the thing is, I met with thousands of families. I sat down with so many people when I was working at Tesla and before that in the solar industry, and everybody wants to save electric bill. Everybody wants to own their electricity on their rooftop. But people in debt, you know, people, nobody has cash, a paycheck away from homelessness, they're struggling to pay the $1,200 utility bill in the summertime, you know, because they, they have, you know, a 1,300-square-foot house with seven or eight or more people living in it, and the walls are paper thin. So there's major problems that we have to deal with. And this system, what it does is it, it, it puts us on a parallel track to solve the root problems and why we need a society that keeps going up in cost and down in quality of life, it solves those root problems at the same time that it, it creates immediate benefit for real people, real families. Yeah, that really, uh, that really is forward thinking for the livelihoods of a lot of our, our, our community. And my only, my only uh, gripe here is that in order, order for things like this to happen we need to be having conversations like you and i are having about education and um and futuristic uh, concepts and whatnot so what is some of your your policies you think it could be benefiting the public edu- education system that is collapsing before our eyes um that is you're absolutely right because we what we don't want to do is create another generation of humans who have these self-destructive patterns <laughs> and you know our education system um it has so many flaws uh and there's there's a lot about this on our website and and you know basically we really need to take a holistic more human approach and um and allow people to to study things that are within their passion and, and in their interest, especially by the time, you know, early years, early young years, no classroom time. I really think time in nature, understanding how the earth works, developing a deep love for the planet, a, a relationship with the planet, and also having a very, um, you know, non-assumptive uh, approach to raising children and educating them. Because a child's intuitive wisdom is one of the most precious assets we have as a tribe. And this is really what it comes down to is who are we going to be as a tribe? And, it, you know, to really answer your question, we're going to do whatever it takes, whatever is necessary in order to ensure the health, the well-being, the vitality the, the um, just the sense of like purpose and passion that all of the children have in our community. We're gonna do whatever it takes. If that requires us, you know, opening our own schools. I mean, really, when you think about it, the state cannot hinder us 
from making the right decisions. And we see uh, we see these models, you know, oh, in, in the Nordic countries and in Japan and, and the, everything of, of this thing works and these things work. They're pulling people out of the classroom. They're they're actually give, you know being tougher on them with the classics, the physics, biology, the philosophy, the languages, all these things, and they pick it up quicker at a younger age, and then they allow them to develop their passion. This should be available to all children right now. We know it works. We don't have to study more data. We know this works. But anything, the state should be in cooperation with us. And um, I want to point out something really important because, because, first of all, it's important to recognize, okay, the mayor is not, does not preside over the school system. Right? There's a school board. There's all the different organizations. There's the state. There's the federal. There's, there's all these you know, related interests in, in this system, in this institution. Um, and so typically, like the state and the city of Austin have this kind of contentious relationship, at least from the perspective of how they market themselves. And I'm very deliberate in why I say it in that, those terms. Um, but but uh, it's, it's important for us to look back at the state constitution. And in Article 2, it talks about how it's the people's authority given to the governing establishment that allows it to function and allows it to have authority to begin with. And it is people's duty to, to alter any of those systems whenever necessary for the benefit of you know, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And in this case, it's really crucial because um, our children are being poisoned. They're being denied access to um, the, you know, discovering who they are. Um, and it's, it's a big problem because uh, and then, you know, there's, there's many problems in the school system. I think, I think you know, the parents know, the, the kids know more than anybody. And we need to wake up and stop, you know, thinking that this institutionalized model works because it's just going to raise more problems for the future. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at, right? It's like we, we need to address, like, fundamental truths like we need to like reestablish a basis of understanding between ourselves before we can move forward is that kind of what you're asking well yeah and then and i guess the follow-up kind of question is you know it's been becoming more widely popular people say knowledge is dangerous and it's yeah. it's, it's easily dangerous to gain the knowledge these days i've been seeing that in um in several different schools districts they've been starting to uh install more and more metal detectors preventing different types of uh what is domestic terrorism towards these 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 high schools and middle schools and and all across actually and uh i was just kind of curious as to what your thoughts are since we just got we just basically in the austin texas area had two pretty serious uh domestic terrorist incidents in the in the church uh, shooting and then with the with the Austin bombing situation, what what are what is some of like the the things you would say so that we can be more prepared for this type of uh, violence? Well, there's many layers to that question, and the last aspect of it I'll touch on first. You know, you said be, being prepared for this type of violence. Um, this is essentially the blowback of the the problems that we've chosen as a society. This is the sickness that is manifesting, the dis-ease that is manifesting in our society because 
of our economic system and because of our social fabric and how we have divided each other. And, and what really needs to happen is healing, massive healing in our community because these kids are blowing each other up. They are attacking each other. And whether it's a gun or if it's a anything, anything can be weaponized if the human spirit is so crushed and distorted in its perception of, of itself that it would want to harm another. And it is a mark of a low consciousness and a lack of awareness of the connectedness of all of us. And it's a result of our collective choice. So the number one thing that we need to do is take responsibility because we cannot just write it off as, oh, that person's crazy. I'm not the one that did it because it's all of us that are responsible. This is our, if we, if we have children who are shooting each other and blowing each other up, it is because we have failed to educate our youth to value life. And it is because of some of the reasons we talked about earlier, uh, the media is, is, is largely unwittingly maybe, but responsible for perpetuating a lot of these themes. And it's our, it's, it's on us. It's on us. We have decided this and now it's, it's, it's manifesting in such a way that is so egregious and so shocking and so just tragic that we really have to wake up. And if we don't change the culture of how we treat each other, uh, then, then we're really not, I mean, you know, we can, again, we can try to make laws to solve this problem, but it's not a law that is going to solve this problem. It's getting back connected with earth. It's connecting with um, our, our healing abilities. It's connecting with plant medicine. You know, the, the psychedelic revolution, as they say, that happened in the 60s hasn't even started yet. We, have, we, we haven't reached the, the tip of the iceberg in terms of what plant medicine can, can do to heal us and to awaken us to a higher way of functioning, to actually be a species of high intelligence. Because right now we're still operating on an amygdala, fear-driven, um, you know, we're, 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 people are waking up and they're changing. But what we're seeing is kind of like a, it's this purging of like, you know, this is, this is us, y'all. This is a mirror to show us you know, this is a big problem. You know, why why are these kids wanting to kill each other? Why why are we why are we manifesting violence? And it's I think it's really because we don't have compassion for each other. And the more compassion we have, the more forgiveness, the more uh, space that we hold for people's healing, and the more we talk about and deal with these root causes. You know, this this stuff happens because we have not been a village to raise the children. And it's been decades and decades now of that. And this is what we see. This is what we get, you know, and, and, and I say that with as much love and respect because some, you know, some people get upset when you say things like this. And I understand it's, it's okay to feel upset at what I'm saying because, you know, it hurts when this stuff happens and it's confusing. But the point is that, that we have the power to, to make better decisions as a society, and that will have that will have an effect where we don't where we don't 
manifest this type of violence anymore. Um, and in terms of laws, you know, because people want to put specific, you know, like metal detectors and what policies would you implement to protect schools, you know, and, you know, I, I think the best protection for a community is just more self-awareness, really, frankly, and awareness of each other. Um, and, um, and then, you know, because people, you know, I mean, metal detectors fine, but, you know, you can derive any sort of weaponization that is non-detectable by metal detector. So, you know, it's, it's really more about, um, let's take responsibility for it ourselves rather than trying to codify it into some law and expect that to actually get the result we want. Right. I agree 100%. And you talked about so many different things that I was, you know, thinking three to different three different questions along the way. I think one that stuck was you talked about the weaponization of things and uh, whether that's a physical thing or maybe uh, our communication. I've noticed that a lot of the, the attacks these days have been more along the lines of um, microaggressions or the um, the use of popular terminology to value your self-worth more than someone else such as i've been hearing the word woke uh thrown around a lot um and also things like mental disability bipolar and such uh what are your what are your thoughts on that well um you know the, these these terms you know, have a different meaning for a bunch of different people. I, I think every everything is true. Everybody is characterizing this this shift in their own way. Um, everybody's coming at it from their own angle, and I think that's actually our strength, just as a species, is kind of our unpredictability and our nuance and like our shared collective experience, but like completely different, you know, perceptive manifestations of it. Right. So, like, you know, I, I think, you know, and, and that's that's not going to look it's not homogenous. It's not going to, you know, really. I mean, everybody has their own, you know, take on this. And that's OK. I think the, the whole point is really that, like, we should all be able to coexist and be our true self without, you know, anybody feeling like they need to inhibit that. And there's a way to do that. So I think, you know, everybody's truth is, is their own truth. And it's important for us to, like, build a system that protects that ability for everybody to have. I mean, it's, it's kind of going back to, like, okay, what is the ideal form of government kind of thing? This, like, fundamental question, like, what really is the best way to organize a society so that everybody has maximum freedom? And I think our country has an opportunity to become that. And there have, you know, been aspects, um, but it, it's really about, it's really about our consciousness shifting into just a, a, a higher intelligence, you know, and, and, and stepping out of a scarcity mentality, thinking that we have to compete for ideas. Um, this is, this is the, 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 I think the biggest confusion right now in like our political system is like this competition of which idea is right liberal or conservative you know um and in reality we all ex coexist with both because 
in, 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 in our society, it is the conservation, the preservation, the protection, the holding down of a safe area and zone and space, the, conserva- the conservative that allows the liberal, the progression of life to flower. You know, it, it is the reason why we don't live forever. We, we die and we rebirth. And so it's not, we don't have to compete. The head does not compete with the heart. We, you know, we, uh, we have an aspect of competitive spirit exists as one very small subset of a larger cooperative system. So the more we recognize that like, oh, you are the way you are because I'm, you know, you're supposed to be that and I'm, I'm supposed to be this and, and it all makes the whole thing work better. Then, then, you know, they're, they're really, we can transcend like some of these like lower level conflicts and like perceptive conflicts and like, oh, like the war of ideas, which is really what emblematic of like wh- where we are online, you know, in social media. And, uh, and so I don't know if that answers your question. I don't think it's a question that can be answered. It's more, um, it, it's a human existence. It is the, it is the human experience that that question kind of aligns with. Um, I think that we have obviously a lot of uh, pronouns are being tossed around these days and what's right or what's wrong to being, being said and a lot of they versus them situations. Uh, and I think that Austin really has a, a conflict with this. And I think it's one of the last questions I have on here is that how can we help um, our foreign nationals working relations with with us in Austin and help them get better work environments as migrant workers or on their way to gaining citizenship? How can we be like the role model for other larger urban cities or the areas around us yeah that's that's a really great important question and we actually have um in cooperation with uh some family of mine down who are from the border uh they have this brilliant idea and i think it's it's a really great solution to this you know how we view immigration um this is really important because you know, on an intrinsic level, we recognize that a border is a construct. It's it's something that is invented. It's not technically real. Um, and like, you know, when it comes to like who deserves to be where, we have to re- re- like acknowledge that a lot of the people that are being detained in prisons for crossing the river, uh, the Rio Grande, um, probably have DNA that has been migrating seasonally throughout this entire continent for thousands of years. So the whole idea is like, we're in this really strange place right now. Um, But we have to acknowledge the truth that like, okay, we do have countries that are, are intent on enforcing their sovereignty for what they believe as the best protection to the citizens they are responsible to. Right. That's, that's at least like the intention that is, um, like what holds it up uh, among the American people is, is that, that intention. And so, and, and, and all countries, right. And so, um, so uh, 